welcome to episode seven of the universe extended where we are discussing episode eight actually oh my god it's actually episode eight episode eight where we are discussing the new obi-wan kenobi episode four show tonight we're going to be discussing spoilers so if you are here and you are listening this is your 10 seconds before we talk spoilers do 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 all right enough of that shit if you have not follow us here on twitch follow us on youtube follow us on your favorite podcasting app if you have not given us a rating really you should give us a rating even if you don't like x-wing but you love obi-wan kenobi spoilers go ahead give us a little bit of a rating tonight joining me on mic is going to be jj the ugly hatted can't seem to take it off his head <laughs> psych j who has out ousted me out of how many damn tournaments it seems like now um but is wearing an ugly hat so it kind of ruins the whole thing welcome to the show jj how are you tonight excited it's like obi-wan man i i actually enjoyed this particular episode um a lot uh, just because you get to see a lot more of the uh, fortress and Corsitoris and um and and seeing a, a few other like aspects of like um uh, of like the development for obi in this particular arc i think so i i agree with you i think this is my favorite episode so far and i'm going to tell you right now like the best part of the episode is the very end of the episode where Leia grabs Obi-Wan's hand. Like, yes. Like, and maybe it's because I'm a father and I have a daughter. I have two daughters. Yeah. I'm going to want to that. That's, it's that because that's what, that's why it is for me. So yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I almost cried. I'm sitting there, you know, in my chair, eating my lunch, you know, half crying. Usually I'm done with lunch by then, but you typically on Wednesdays, <laughs> I don't always stay up at night. Um, I try to, but I can't always guarantee I could be up at, you know, midnight on a Wednesday night. And so usually it's my lunch hour on, on Thursday where I watch this or I'm sorry, Wednesday where I watch this. Cause I'll be sitting at home and I usually, I almost always have grilled cheese with bacon jam and three types of cheese and tomato soup. It's like a typical standard Wednesday lunch for Tanner to go watch Obi-Wan because I could cook it in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> and that guarantees that I get 48 minutes to watch the show without violating my lunch break. Um, nice. So I'm excited. To me, I'm excited by this. I, I I guess my mic's not excited, but I am excited. And I thought this was probably the best episode that they had out of all of them. I will tell you yeah. where he meets Darth Vader and Darth Vader tries to burn him. Spoiler alert was pretty amazing but this whole episode makes up almost to that whole point like it just like this episode is so nail-biting and you're yeah. just you're in it for the win in this one and i will say it's pretty daring you got you <laughs> obi-wan's going to an inquisitor fortress right like they haven't had to do these things before right like this is crazy like What's the worst scenario in Clone Wars, the show that 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 Obi Wan put himself in? I mean, other the Mandalore. than actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Mandalore. That's right. Yep, with I, Satine. I was, was going to say Cad Bane, but yeah, you're right, Mandalore. Nope. Yeah, this Mandalore with Satine. That is yeah. the worst position Obi's ever been in, and in, in anything. Yeah, up at Chernobyl. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely loved it. Um, just seeing the callbacks to Jedi Fallen Order, um, seeing like the uh, the interrogation room in there and uh, and also seeing like that whole sequence uh, fight when they're in the underground passage as well um, that they took from that as well, um, which is really nice to see. Um, just going back to the beginning of it, one of my nitpicks for this is his hair is not burned for some reason. <laughs> his hair was not burned. And I'm like, come on, like, come on. The body but, um, fixed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, regrew his hair. Um, the the Bakta tank scene uh, was definitely a really interesting because he he keeps on flashing back, or at least the um, the video kept on flashing back between him and Vader in the Bakta tank, um, like recovering, and you could tell that like Obi Wan is like seriously like traumatized by his his encounter that he just had with Anakin, seeing the monster that he just became, and um, it's his fear basically eating him up in it, and he's he's trying to like like reconcile everything that's just happened to him you know to the point that he's in a panic when he gets out of the back to tank and stuff but he's like in a, in a rush to go get saved with leia and uh seeing that rebel cell uh there uh with uh with ice t's uh or with ice cube son uh, i forget his name um being the um the the cell leader there uh, agreeing to help him out with t47s and getting him in there I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting just to have that small unit go in. And I got to say, Tala is like probably besides Obi, my favorite character. Or sorry, besides Leia and Obi, she's my favorite character. The fact that she was playing like basically a triple agent, um, <laughs> like to to like like deceive the Empire. She is fantastic her whole sequence of going in there um like basically like strong talking the security check guy uh to get inside to gain access into the um the empire's computer logs to help obi-wan navigate the the fortress and then staring down reba and basically talking her down from like being killed to like managing to survive the whole ordeal like fantastic she was great yeah and i think that's like she's is somewhat unique, right? Like, I don't think she's shown up in any other no. lore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not um, that I know, but I wonder uh, if they named Talos squadron after her. It, and that's a possibility, right? And, but we, we don't know cause she's not dead yet. Yeah. That, yeah, that we know of. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, yeah, that piece of it was a little bit different. You know, like, I think I, I, I agree with you. I, I think she's a very strong character. I think in this show, they're only giving us a few strong characters, though. So, yeah. um, I will, I would cur, I, I, I curb my excitement about her per se, um, in the aspect of like how she does versus the other ones. Um, yeah. but, but in, in, in reality, I feel she's a very strong asset. Um, the one thing I did not like was the whole, well, you guys, they go to the rebel base and it's like, yeah, we're just starting up. We're not pilots. And it's like, okay, so what? Like, that's very uncharacteristic, to be honest, of, 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 a re of the rebellion. And that's probably the well, reality, though. Well, you got to remember, at this point, there is no organized rebellion, right? Because this is before the time of Rebels. So at, at the end of Rebel season 
three, I want to say, is when they actually gathered together to form the Rebel Alliance at that point. So we're before the part before this becomes a Rebel or um, uh, like a, the Rebel Alliance. This is just a small cell that's helping smuggling people out of the location. So all they have is just those two airspeeders in that ship that help them get through. So that's why there's not much available in terms of resources. Yes, 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 and no. I, I I agree with you in that aspect, but but the problem I have is the the cautiousness. They felt like they were like Obi Wan from one and two, from Episode one and two. Like also, they're like, oh, we're really cautious. We don't want to die. It's like you're smuggling fucking Jedi people out. What the fuck do you think's gonna happen? Like not to be a dick, but you're gonna die. Like that's this is not like a, I don't know. This is this is not like. This is not the Kessler run, you know, like you're not going to make it. You're not Han Solo. You're not making it out of here, bro. It's just not going to happen. And, you yeah. know, like, I, I don't know, like maybe it's an illusion. And I've I've never been in a position where I've had to, like, put my life on the line revolutionarily. Right. For a sector society. We've like in America, we don't have that at this current time that we live. And I'm only 39. So I didn't live through the time when. There's lots of people who couldn't vote or even sit on a bus or use common, right. you know, drinking orifices, right? You know, like I, I didn't yeah. live through that time. So to me, it's a little different. Um, But like, and maybe that's why I'm the, that gung-ho person. That's basically like, I don't feel there's that. I don't see an afterlife in my life. Like, I don't believe in the afterlife. So like for me, if I'm going to give my life, it's going to be for a good cause, but I'm not going to be as hesitant I don't think because in the long run, I know we're all just these little particles of atoms and all I want to do is stop the big bad evil from whatever is happening. Right. Um, and maybe it feels a little bit more like a loss centric there because, you know, the empire feels like they have an insane amount of control because they probably do. I, I don't know. So th that, that piece just didn't fit um, in terms of how it was. Usually there's a charismatic leader. There's somebody there that's kind of like, helping curtail some of these other personalities. And I didn't, I didn't get that out of it. And it kind of felt disjointed to me personally, but again, I like, like this is just, you know, this is like my son when he goes, when my son comes over and critiques it because he's like, well, that wouldn't be canon. And that seems stupid. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You're ruining it for me. Like, I'm not <laughs> trying to do that, but I am, I can yeah. acknowledge I'm kind of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. You know? That's a, that's okay. Critique. So um, moving on to the part where um, they finally infiltrate the fortress and Obi-Wan takes the air breather that we see him use uh, back in episode one to infiltrate underneath. Um, the little secret drone that was in the lower levels patrolling it, that was actually a uh, an earlier version of the Iden Versio drone that she uses in Battlefront 2, uh, which is really cool to see that, that they animated that for the series, to see that uh, particular secret drone. And then um, as he's navigating through, he walks into the, the hall where they kept all the Jedi um, that they that they either captured or I'm assuming they killed. Um, and just seeing all those Jedi there, like uh, like down that hallway and like seeing what they're doing. Now, my theory on this point here is that this directly leads over to what we see in Mando season one, uh, where they're testing experiments on cells from Jedi um, to do whatever like project that they're trying to complete there i think this is the beginning part of it where they're gathering the bodies of the jedi and testing with their cells with possible genetic manipulation for that that's that's an 
interesting theory. I, I guess I could see that, right? And I think that's, you know, like the question becomes is Grand Inquisitor going to be cloned, right? You know, like that's the big question here. Could could there be other cloning processes um, that are happening? And it is interesting that they have all those. And my that's what my son was pissed off at. He's like, why are they in Amber? Like, what is going on here? It's like, it's yeah, for for dissection. That's what that's how I would interpret that. Yeah. The question is, are they alive still? Do you think they're, think so. they're alive? Or do you think, think they're, they're dead and through the <laughs> in amber? The And my only sole reason why I think that they're not alive is that in Rebel Season 1, we do see that they use somebody encased in a similar substance, um, which was a Master Luminarum Dooley, uh, to tempt uh, or to lure Kanan and Ezra to come and rescue her. And it ended up being her corpse that was there still projecting the Force, her presence in the Force there from her body. So even though the person was dead, they were still able to project their their essence uh, of through the force for another Jedi to feel it and come to where they were located at. Um, so I think that's the point of it, right? It's just to preserve the body, even though they're dead, it still preserves the cells there, the midichlorians, to where they can still be active in the force. Yep, and they can harvest them. Yeah. Um, another thing I thought was interesting, right? was uh what Reva did and it kind of lends back to your theory of Reva is the um little girl we see in the Jedi yeah. temple like her mm -hmm. being able to edit a little toy of Leia's that's yes. pretty that's pretty bitching I'm sorry like yeah, that, was, that was pretty good I didn't expect yeah. that to happen and like when she was playing with it I didn't think nothing of it I thought she was just gonna destroy it we'd be move on blah 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 Oh no! It is later revealed <laughs> that essentially she is programmed it as a homing beacon for the Inquisitors. Yeah, and that little Leia, her her lines in during the interrogation were just classic. Especially the last part, she's like, "Okay, yeah, I agree with you. Let me just go ahead and call my dad to get permission." <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, "That was brilliant!" Like, just great. Oh man, that that whole interrogation scene was really great with her. I loved it. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good um a, a mix of uh, of Leia, and and I feel that they are doing justice to the original Leia character. Like yeah, I absolutely. feel that if 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 Carrie Fisher was still alive, she would be here mentoring her. Like that's oh yeah that's and maybe that's me projecting, but that's what I feel we would be seeing. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely agree. Yeah. Um. So finally, um, they bring her over to the interrogation room, which we actually did see in Jedi Fallen Order uh, when during that playthrough. And it, it actually was revamped for, since that time, because in the game, if you guys haven't played it, uh, there's a sequence where uh, Vader comes and chases uh, um, Cal Sestis through and he ends up like basically destroying the majority of that room in the pursuit through it, um, and which causes it to change in appearance a bit, but it's still the same interrogation room that we see in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but uh, but it was nice to see that callback to that portion of the game, um, just seeing that interrogation room area where they took her to, to have her interrogated. And um, it was great to see that. Um, my, my, my favorite part of that part was Obi-Wan actually going inside to actually take out the guards to, uh, to rescue her. His ability to just 
use the lightsaber, slash somebody, then turn it off, remain in complete darkness, and then come and stealth kill the other guy. Like I that's a very big departure from how Obi-Wan used to fight. Um, and it was it was really like good to see him trying to like adapt to his new ways because he's still obviously not still full at full capacity and using the force and using his abilities in the force to be proficient with his lightsaber as he um as it used to be so him changing his tactics to to become a little more stealthy really nice to see that change just those subtle details no i agree and i and i think that's it's interesting to all of a sudden see obi get his um we'll call them resources back right you know like his training's coming back to him. All these other things are coming back to him. It's it's very interesting to see that. Whereas we've never really seen like you've always had a confident Obi Wan, and it, it feels like he's getting his stride back, right? That's that's what this feels like, and it makes sense because if you go back and watch, have you seen recently the Rebels episode where he meets Ezra? Yeah, he has his confidence back. So there is a a, a time between these two where he has to gain his life force back to the point where he's that guy that leads Luke to, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to sacrifice myself to Vader to help give you that empowerment. And if you think about it, like think about it this way, right? So Maul and well, we'll just pick on Maul. Maul sustains himself on the, the hate, right? And Obi-Wan giving his life up is like the exact opposite of the hate piece. And it kind of feels like when we see these things, like we just kind of ignore it. But like, if you think about it, it feels like it's a boost to Luke in his force abilities back in episode three, right? Like right. it's, it's, it's this boost to an ability in the same way, just a little bit different. He's coordinating a feeling to Luke is what he's doing <laughs> and giving Luke, you know, something yeah. that he didn't have before. Yeah, Absolutely. And then um, going through the uh, the escape sequence, uh, seeing Obi-Wan go through the underground corridor, uh, like I said it before, it's just very similar to um, something that we saw in, Fall in Fallen Order. Um, uh, him walking around with a, basically an oversized cloak uh, to, to walk Leia right out the front door, ballsy as hell. Um, and then we get Reva shouting, traitor! <laughs> I was like, what is this, the First Order? Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and then seeing just those air speeders come in and just wreck a bunch of those troopers, I was really expecting, um, especially the part where he was using suppressive fire to like keep Reba from like engaging uh, Obi Wan and everybody. I was really expecting Reba to deflect those bolts back to the T the T forty seven to knock it out, um, but it, we didn't see that. I was like, huh? Like normally, I, I guess maybe that's just the Vader thing, but. Um, but like I, I was kind of hoping that would happen, but I guess you know, in retrospect, I guess she wanted to have them get away so that way she can track them down later. I guess that's a long play, but um, I, uh, I I thought that was a, a nice little touch there. I almost had a gripe at that scene though, because at first I was like, when the hell did these air speeders? get hyperdrives to suddenly appear in Mustafar, uh, this, this Mustafar moon, and all of a sudden come and fight, and then they, like, landed into the bigger carrier. I was like, okay, all right, crisis averted. They didn't break cannon. It's fine. So, <laughs> but it was good to see that, um, to, to see the air speeders again um, since, what, Empire Strikes Back? That was the only other time that we've ever seen those air speeders. Yeah. That is true. So, 
Anyway, as we as we wrap up that episode, right, you get to the end, they get away, somebody sacrifices their life, typical Chad. rebels type thing. Poor Chad. Did we yeah, ever even Chad. get to see who he was? Like I, I don't remember we even saw his face. We did. He was in the canyon, but again it was nothing of any like he was just like you know, that type <laughs> of you know thing. It was like, oh okay, uh, he's like I'm going to die next round, but you don't know that, but we really do. So other than that, like, I I don't know, like the card in next wing. That's it. But that's all I want to say. No, we're not. Are we going to, do you think we're going to get that ship in next wing? (laughs) No, probably not. No, nobody wants that ship. That's worse than a Z 95. Nobody wants that (laughs) ship. Like fly in automatic. There you go. You fly in, you automatically get dead man switch. Like that's the way it works. Like you come (laughs) equipped with dead man switch. You get 20 loadout points and um, you get to fly in and you get two health. That's it. You're going to die. You get to, you get, oh, you also get the charge that says you get to stay till the end of the round. So, like, no matter what you do, like personal like, warhog. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, ooh, how about this? If you get blown up before your initiative, your dead man switch does triple. There ooh. you go. Yeah. And yeah. um, if you don't get blown up till your initiative, then your dead man switch only gets one. There you go. Even better. Hey, I mean, or they could be like the Mandalorian commandos, right? Like they don't have to be an actual ship in next wing. You just deploy them like Mandalorian commandos. Yeah, it's a double yeah. deadman switch. Yeah, if I don't get my charges <laughs> off, I do two damage to you. Oh my god, yeah, You're killing me. Well, I, I, I could see it though. I, I, yeah. I could see those those ships. But this is not the first time we've seen we've seen those ships, right? You know. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're tanks that deploy in rocks. All right, yeah. no Deslin. Deslin, no. They're not vulture droids, man. You're not. Gonna, you're never gonna get a rebel ship that can sit on a rock and shoot you. That's we. That, <laughs> you break the game. That the game becomes the game breaks. Yep. I don't care. The game breaks. They cannot sit on rocks unless they're like the Mando little tokens. Then I don't care. Yeah, I know they wreck Grievous. That's fine. Doesn't mean that they should exist in the game. You're killing me. You're killing me, son. All right. So for me, again, the highlight was there was a lot more action. We got to see Obi-Wan kind of get his groove back. Um, and again, the, the end of the episode where Leia just like Leia gets the gravity. Like this yeah. is to me, this is the defining moment of what makes like, and this is what, why I like this show so much, because to me, even if they didn't mean it, like to me, this is the defining moment where Leia decides this is what I want my life to be. Yeah, I right? agree. She, you know, like, she's not like Padme, right? Like Padme always knew she wanted to be something different. She always wanted that. That was like yeah. ingrained in her. This is the moment when little Leia goes, fuck, fuck, you know, like yeah. what's going on? Why is this happening? I can't believe it. And Leia just goes, all right, <clears throat> I know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Now, mm-hmm. I will tell you the continuity with how the fuck Bale lives that long is beyond me. I hope they solve that because, like, for Christ's sake, like, she's like, my dad's a senator. And all these inquisitors are like, oh, we all know who the fuck this person is and that they're working with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, come on. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, this is like in continuity to some extent. Like, there's no way Bale can continue to live. Like, come on. Like, Vader's going to go, oh, you're friends with one Obi-Wan Kenobi? 
all right, we're going to let you live because I'm going to lure you. Come on. It's never like that's not logical. I mean, Bale lives until Rogue One. I mean, we know that, but, you know. Bale lives until Alderaan is destroyed. Well, no, I mean, yeah, as far as we know, right? Because No, we know. know. They've openly stated it. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, we haven't seen the dead body. I Googled it. I (laughs) I was going to say, we have another Grand Inquisitor issue. Like, we we don't see the dead body, so, you know, we don't know if he's dead. That's true. No, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I uh, I do want to go back just for um, a particular scene, and it's when Vader's walking in um, with a purpose. Like he he looks like he hasn't force choked somebody in about a month, and he's, <laughs> he's, he needs to fill his quota. And the way he walks in, Hayden Christensen as as Vader, like just the and it's like the Mando effect, right? It's like if you don't put a face on somebody, just the body like action, how they perform is like is everything that they get to give and Hayden Christensen just nailed it Vader just walking in with that intent to he's like I'm gonna go choke somebody today and he walks in and just force chokes Reva to the point that he's like the, just the effect of his anger you can see everything around him in that area just shake from his anger as he's force choking Reva and I thought that was just such a great scene for Vader just showing his his menacing character, something that we don't get to see often in in like actual like video media and live action media. Uh, just seeing that menacing Vader, like I loved it. That was great. Yeah, because you got to think this is like a somewhat mature Anakin. Like this is Anakin starting to mature, where he's like having to find himself past like his his accident, and yeah. you know him coming in and being able to like like he's he can't can it. it it's like Kylo, right? Like it's all of a sudden, like we can understand how Kylo gets to where Kylo gets, except for the fact that Kylo takes a different path, right? You know, yeah. Vader takes a different path than him. And I think it's because Vader is more immature, right? Yeah. And and, and, and it's, and, and again, you got to think like if we talk true love and we talk all these other things, right? Anakin truly thought that Padme was the only one, right? And like, no matter like, Anakin, and, and this is the part I hate about the, the, the prequels more than Jar Jar Banks, right? Is this unacquitted, like, I only love this one person, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in one true love. Like, I don't believe it exists. Like, that's like fairy tale stuff, right? You know, I, I think you could be more attracted to somebody, blah, blah, blah. Like, you could be more compatible with people, but like, there's other, you don't have, there's not a predestined one love for you, you know? Like, and I think like Star Wars exemplifies that in every aspect like i don't think they go there is really just one true love like they go there's the reason we don't want jedi to date people because you're too fucking dumb like like not believe like to not get past this and like anakin is like the precipice of this whole thing which is even if we talk about the chosen one right like how the hell is anakin anywhere near this chosen like it makes no sense you know like anakin is not a chosen one um but that's a different discussion about Clone Wars that, you know, yeah, we can get into. But well, I agree with you, though. Yeah. And here's hoping for a strong finish in episode five and six coming out soon. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for five and six. I will tell you, though, um, I love the Vader piece because Vader is obviously like my favorite character of all times. Um, period. But like, I think the biggest thing that can come out of this is the character development of Leia. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I think that the the way that they've handled her development so far, going from just like the senator's kid, just uh, going around to realizing, hey, you know, this is for real. Like this is this is something that's happening right now. I got to do something about it. And yeah, just having that that development for her character, a plus. And that piece feels real, right? Like yeah. that's where I that's that's where it gets me. Like this that's a that's a real feeling that this character is expressing and. Just a simple handhold with Obi-Wan, I don't know. And again, yes, I'm a father, blah, 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 but I yeah. don't know. That's pretty <laughs> insane. That's pretty That makes good. it relatable, right? It makes it relatable, right? Because you're, you're, you're drawing on the emotions from real life, and that's what you want at, to get your audience invested in, right? Like draw from personal experience to get you invested into the characters. And I think they're doing a good job so far doing that. And I agree. And and you're right. You're right. Because it's kind of the same thing as like when my daughters and I sit down for dinner sometimes and we have to talk about we go to a conservative-ish school and sometimes we have to have conversations about things that like are <clears throat> um, issues that come up in their school that they people dismiss and you just kind of go, no, honey, what they were talking about is racist or no, they're being homophobic here or no, they're being sexist here. You know, like like yeah. these things that come up, you know, like our real life conversations. And I think this brings it home that, you know, like the reality that young people are smarter than what they are and should be treated as maybe not adults, but not people without brains that you should brainwash with respect, is so important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. When my daughter comes out and says, you're being an asshole, Dan. Typically, I don't just get mad and ground them. I usually sit down and go, okay, let's talk about it. Why do you feel I'm being an asshole? And most of the time, they're probably right. You know, I'm probably in a bad mood or, you know, somebody pissed me off because I lost my X-Wing game or, you know, I don't or know. Or rent trajectory similar B-Wings or, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're usually <laughs> in bed at that point because uh, of you. But. All right. Anyway. Thank you all for joining us. This has been our universe extended discussion about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. We will continue to do this for the next um, two episodes. And then after that, um, JJ and I are going to get together. And um, if he hasn't finished Thrawn by then, I guess he's fired. So um, you have <laughs> two weeks to finish the Thrawn episode or Thrawn books, because I think that's what we're going to go into next. Right. Um, but if you would like to vote and you would like a say in what it is, I'll tell you what, I'll put a poll up with some of the different book series and things like that. And I think what we'll do, yeah, any book that's in canon right now, yeah. um, I won't say, I, I will open it up. I, I can't, I can't open it up to legends only for the pure fact that like I've read 75% of them, but not a hundred percent, you know, yeah. but anything that's in canon, I will open up and we, we can do a half hour after dark or universe extended episode every week where we talk about a different book. I'm okay with that. Like that's, that's fine with me. And we, we can play it by ear how long it takes us to do. Like I would do high Republic stuff. I would do Thrawn stuff. Um, we could do the aftermath stuff. We haven't done that yet. Um, uh, I haven't read all the alphabet squadron <coughs> books. So I guess that's kind of next on my list is the alphabet squadron books. I should probably get through those before the new movies come out and ruin them for me. So yeah, but. exactly. All right. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you all for joining us. If you did not know, we have a X wing podcast show that we air 
9 p.m. Eastern, every Sunday night, talk about Star Wars X-Wing, 2.5 meta, and why JJ is going to give up his hat if he does not win our Plenty Phase Open Syndicate tournament. You well, I, up, buddy. I won't because I'm going to be TOing. So guess yeah. who's giving up the hat? I got it, baby. <laughs> I got it on. I got it on. You're giving the hat up. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good night, and we will see you next week with more Plenty Phase Syndicate. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night.